uh, around new people that I've never seen before. And uh, I had that opportunity the other day, and and they'd never heard me preach, and the, the how simple the gospel is, and how simple the word of God is, and yet uh, when you start, people look at you like I ain't never heard anything like that before, and they and they make comments afterwards uh, accordingly too. And uh, tonight I want to read a verse uh, in John chapter three. And uh, verse 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, it's a great joy that we come and meet together tonight. I think each one is here. And Lord, we ask you to bless us and bless thy word as we study together. Now, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a couple of things that I want you to see, but there's other things that I want us to study out of this verse. But uh, I heard a man preach several years ago, and he said the determining factor is, uh, verse 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he said, I believe. Amen. That's why I know that I have everlasting life. And so that's the determining factor when it comes to salvation. But uh, what do you have to do to be saved is my question tonight. The Bible gives us the answer in Acts chapter 16 and verse 30. The Philippian jailer asked Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Then in verse 31, he gives the answer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Now notice that in that little simple verse, it did not say give a bunch of money to the church or get baptized or, or have a feeling or anything else. It just simply said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now, uh, notice again, but this verse, verse, going back now to John chapter 3 and verse 36 divides the whole world into two groups. Notice, he that believeth on the Son is one group. The other group is he that believeth not the Son. And John 3.18 says, again divides the whole world into two groups. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Now notice, the Bible plainly says one group is condemned, Another group is not condemned. Notice why. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's the one that's condemned. And in Galatians chapter 3 verse 26, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now, there's a teaching. Uh, a lot of people are going to get up and say, John 3.16. You know, if we'll do the best we can, we go into heaven. Because God so loved the world, God loves everybody. And so if God loves everybody, John 3.16, everybody's going to heaven. No. Uh, Galatians 3.26, For you are the children of God. How? By faith in Christ Jesus. So if you don't have faith in Christ Jesus, you're not a son of God. Amen? You're not a child of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So there's two groups again. Those are justified by faith and those that's not. There are at least uh, 153 verses in the Bible that make believing the determining factor in salvation. Now, you can't be saved, in other words, without believing. Now, I've heard and read sermons on saving faith. But the Bible never puts saving before faith. Never does. Now I want you to watch this. Making Jesus not faith our Savior then. Now watch this. If you say saving faith, you're saying that faith is what saves you. No. It's believing and having faith in the Savior that saves you. You see the difference? Now, faith in Jesus is a determined factor then. You can't have salvation. You can't go to heaven without having faith. But what do you have it in? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is an attitude of the soul through which Jesus does the saving. Notice now the Bible never tells us to believe and be saved. The Bible is always careful to say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It never just says, uh, believe and be saved. It tells you who to believe on, what to believe on, and that's Jesus Christ. Believeth in Him, believeth on the Son, is the object of faith that makes faith important. Now, number one then, faith is not looking at Jesus, but faith is looking unto Jesus. Hebrews 12 verse 2 uses the expression looking unto Jesus. Then James chapter 2 verse 19 says the devil also bleed and tremble. So if all we got to do is believe Jesus existed, then the devils did that and we know he didn't go to heaven. Amen. So that's not the point. Acts chapter 19 verse 15, the Bible says that demons said Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Amen? Now, so faith, saving faith, is not looking at Jesus. It is looking unto Jesus. You know what that means? That means that you depend upon Jesus. Isaiah 53, verse 6. The Lord had laid on him the iniquity of Saul. So looking to Jesus to take your sin away, faith is not looking at Jesus. It's looking unto Jesus. It's depending on Jesus, relying on Jesus, putting the matter of your salvation in Jesus' hands and trusting Him to get you to heaven. I say this very reverently and I'm very careful when I say this to people. If I go to hell, it's going to be Jesus' fault. You know why? I put all my trust in Him. Amen? So I know I'm not going to hell. And I didn't, I didn't mean by no means to blaspheme His name. But what I'm trying to show you is I trust Him so much that if I do go to hell, it's His fault because I'm trusting Him. Amen? So I know I'm not going because He's the Savior. Amen? Now I want you to watch something. Faith is looking away from everything else and looking only to Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now what that means is an author is somebody that writes a book or comes up with an idea to write a book and they write it and so on. So the idea of salvation is in Jesus Christ and He finished it. 
whatever it takes to save you, he finished it. Someone asked, what can I do to be saved? The answer is, absolutely nothing, you're too late. Jesus has done it all already. Now, I, I got this thing, I would not work my soul to save for that my Lord had done. But I would work like any slave for love of God's dear Son. That's the only reason you work is because you love the Son. Amen? There's no way anyone could ever be righteous enough to earn heaven. Old Sam Jones asked a congregation one night, Does anyone here know a perfect person? A lady raised her hand. Well, answered the lady, I've never met her, but my husband talks about her all the time. <laughs> I like that, amen? <laughs> One of our songs goes, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Anyone who's ever studied the Bible knows you ought to strive to live as clean as you can. Now, as you can after you're saved, but saving faith looks away from all else and looks to Jesus only to get saved. Saving faith number three is not experiencing a feeling but relying on a fact. Some cry, some laugh, some just say thank you Lord for saving. But all trusted Christ to save them. You ever been around people he really got saved tonight praise God he had a fit I mean he just cried and carried on and praise God he really got saved tonight but here's another one come down now and he just accepts Christ go sit down and somebody said well he got saved too but he really got saved there ain't no really getting saved and saved amen it's the same thing as some cry, some laugh, just some people just say, Lord, save me, I'm going to trust you. Now, notice faith is not experiencing some kind of particular feeling then. True saving faith is depending on a fact. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Saving faith is something like this. Dear Lord, I've heard of you from thy word. Lord, I believe you are who you say you are. And I confess to you, I will trust you as best I can to save my soul, and I believe you will. Now turn with me to Second Timothy. We sang about it a while ago, but I want to show it to you if I can. In Second Timothy, chapter 1, and look at verse 12 with me. Uh, I guess after I got saved, there's no other verse in all the Bible that meant so much to me as this one verse. Because right after I got saved, my brother took to see me to go see his preacher. We sat down at a table, and they kept saying he had a formula. This pastor had a formula how to be saved. He's going to test my salvation. And he went through his little formula, and uh, he said, uh, uh, you know, asked me, did I know I was saved? You know, my answer was right here. For the which called also suffer these things, for nevertheless I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That verse came back to me as I was sitting there, and by the way they had laid a trap for me to get me confused, and I knew that verse though. 
And you can take your water baptism. You can take your feelings. Uh, you can take your speaking in tongues. You can take all this stuff you want to and do away with them and know one thing. I know, number one, I know, I don't just think about it, whom I have believed. Amen? Not a feeling. Not some experience I had or something I would do. But I know Him, that is Jesus, and that He is able to keep me against that day. That's security of the believer. Somebody says you can lose your salvation, then you don't believe that verse. Because the Bible, that's God's Word, as much as any other verse in the Bible. And that one verse tells me that I can know that I'm saved. And the reason I know I'm saved is I'm not trusting anything I'm doing. I'm trusting in a person, the Lord Jesus. And I keep going back to John chapter 10 where he said, As many as my Father, Jesus said, As many as my Father gives me, no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. That's security. Amen? And I say again, we're all humans. And the best thing the devil can do is to get you down. Now, remember this. If you're truly saved by God's grace, He can never have your soul. It's, it's secure. But the next thing He wants to do is steal your joy. He wants to get you just to be an old sad sack. You know? I do not like to be around people as sad sacks. I mean, they never got anything good to say. You know? It's just every time you see them coming, you just want to run the other direction because you know they ain't going to say nothing good about nobody or nothing. It's just going to be a sad sack. I've just had a bad day today. Amen. And they'll, they'll t- gladly tell you just how bad off it is. But you know, I'm saved by God's grace. And I'm not going to let the devil get me down just because I make a mistake. Everybody makes a mistake. And we do things we don't want to do. Romans chapter 7 plainly tells that. And, that. and we do things we ought not to do. But the old devil says, see there, you're not saved. See what you just done? See what you just said? You just lost your temper. You just done, you're not saved. That's sin against God. And the old devil will get you down. I'm not going to stay down. You know why? My sins are under the blood. And I know that Jesus saved me from my sins, and He did it. I didn't do it myself. I told a man one day, uh, who was talking about, I know I'm saved. And he said, uh, well, I hope I'm saved. And he went on to tell me uh, that he had to do certain things to be saved. And I said, sir, let me tell you something. If you got to do anything to save yourself, then you can't do it because you can't save yourself. You can't keep yourself saved. So it's not me that saves me. It's Jesus that saves me. My security in who saves me. Not uh, anything else on the face of this earth. It's who saves me. And that one simple verse, and it is so simple, in John chapter 3, in verse 36, He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. You know what I like? Listen, I like the way the Bible is written. Let, let me read you one more verse just for the fun of it because it, it's such a blessing to me. Isaiah 53. I was listening to old Dr. Harold Seidler preach here a while back and he was preaching on this verse. And he said, Who had bleed our report? And old Dr. Harold Seidler said, Well, I have. <laughs> Isn't that simple? Who had bleed our report? 
I said, me too. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? To me. Amen. God revealed His arm of security to me. Amen. Why? Listen. And she shall grow up as a tender plant and so on. But I like the first verse. Who has bleed our report? Thank God. I know some people that have. And I know people that say by God's grace. And so when you read the Bible, it's just so simple. He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. Now, when you talk to somebody about being saved then, you don't bring up everything in the world. Uh, the thing that I had to learn when I first got out witnessing was you don't talk about people about you ought not to smoke and you ought not to drink and you ought to dress right and you ought to it used to be see when I first got saved the men that went to church had to have two fingers up their, their skin showing around the ear. Now that was a sin if you let your hair grow down on your ear. I mean the preacher man he Yes, sir, buddy. Nobody could sing in the choir. Nobody could be a teacher or man. If you didn't have two inches of hair, boy, if he had it any longer than that, man, you was terrible. And I come here, you know, I read the scriptures one day. I said, what has hair got to do with your salvation? Amen. If it goes all the way down to your feet, who cares? The only thing I found one day in the Bible, it said, the Bible says it's a shame unto a man to have long hair. So I went and got my hair cut. Amen. Now, I'm going to listen to the Bible. If the Bible says it, I'm going to do something about it. And I ain't got to measure it, though. It don't say how long to cut your hair. Amen. It just says it's a shame on the man to have long hair. And you can find anything you want to to argue about in the Bible, but how simple verse you take out of the Bible. And listen to me now. There's 153 verses similar to that. Just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. One that my brother argues about all the time with me over the years is Mark chapter 16. And I want you to listen to how simple it is. In Mark chapter 16, and some of the last verses in the, in the book of Mark. <coughs> Excuse me. Mark chapter 16. Listen to this. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, if you read that just like that and stop, don't read all the verse, well, you got to get baptized and to be saved. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But anywhere that verse stops. It's got a conjunction there, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So I'm interested in what damns you. What damns a person according to that verse? Not believing. Amen. Had nothing to do with it. And old water baptism mentioned there in the last part of that verse. <coughs> Romans 10 verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus shall believe in the heart of God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. No water there. Amen. Just believing in the Lord Jesus. Romans 10 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. <coughs> Again, no water there. Nothing you got to do there. Just believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. The simple fact is, it's what you put your faith in. If you put your faith in your preacher, you're in trouble. If you put your faith in a religion or some denomination, you're in trouble. But if you put your faith in the person 
of the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done on the cross for your sin, you're saved. That's salvation in a nutshell. Just believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Glad I'm saved tonight, aren't you? I'm glad God made it simple. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for each one that come again. We ask You, Lord, that You go with us. And help us just to relax in Your salvation.